the chapter of Job is chapter 42. That's why I wear the hat 42. Because it's the it's it's the chapter of restoration. That when you go through the process that you've gone through and you're willing to stick it out, the process of restoration will always lead you to a greater position than when God found you. So Job chapter 42 says that God restored the fortunes of Job and gave him twice as much as he had and restored to him a family that is twice as large than what he had before. Mm. And so the, the, the moral of the lesson is this. If you'll endure the process of restoration and change, God always has more for you if you'll keep your heart connected to him in the process. On my million dollar hustle. The million dollar hustle podcast. Where we keep it real. I state in entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're pro. Here's your host. Billy the Kid, a.k.a. Billionaire. Like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better so. Think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK, a.k.a. Billionaire in this mug. I am super excited. Uh, let me let me do what I do first. Let me do this intro and the the. The episode we got going today, it is amazing. Uh, it's definitely a big part of your journey. And that's why I did this episode. And I'm going to touch on that real quick here in a few. But before we get started, you already know, baby, if you don't have the book, shame on you. But the power of being uncomfortable is out everywhere. So grab a copy. It's on Amazon, everywhere else. But if you want to get an autograph copy, go to BillyTheKid.com and grab an autograph copy. Otherwise, uh, go check out my music. And a matter, matter of fact, guys, I am super excited because by the time this episode airs, um, today, my new song is out, The Million Dollar Hustle Song. It is literally a song called The, Midi- the Million Dollar Hustle. And The Million Dollar Hustle Song, out everywhere on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, anywhere else music is available. Go check it out. If you are ready to level up, guys, if you are looking for that motivational song that needs to take your mind to the next level, stop listening to that BS, man, all that. Uh, You guys need to understand that you are programming your mind. So whatever it is that you're listening to, that's what your reality becomes, guys. So listen to that real spill, that real game. And on the Million Dollar Hustle song, I let you guys know what the deal is. So if you're ready to level up, if you're ready to take your life to the next level financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, all those, listen to the song in the morning. It's going to get you up, get you going. It is out everywhere. I cannot wait for you guys to go check it out. Million Dollar Hustle. It's a movement, baby. That's the theme song. It is out now. It is obviously based off this podcast, but it is uh, on another level, man. I'm just excited to be releasing what I want to release. And this song is no different. And shout out to Talent Man, produced by him. Uh, it is just a, a big, 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 big masterpiece that I am excited to release. So the Million Dollar Hustle song. Otherwise, um, anybody interested in leveling up, guys, hit me up for the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind. We meet every Thursday and uh, I can't wait to to see who submits whatever story you got going on. I promise you that 
we're going to get together as the group and help you out. All the people that are in the group, shout out to everybody in the group, killing the game every single time. It doesn't seem to amaze me. We're just leveling up. Uh, guys, there's people in there that their business have exploded uh, since joining. And not I'm not going to take the credit, right? But the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind has planted a seed, and that is why, boom, their business, they're doing the work. They're taking the action but their business has exploded because of it. So that's what we're about, man. I, I, I'm, I'm in love with everything that I'm doing, guys. I, I, it's truly my calling. And the podcast that we have today, it's got to talk a little bit about that because uh, we, we talked about chasing your path or doing what you, following your purpose, right? Your passion and success comes regardless. But you have to choose the positive. You have to choose. You have to keep your your eyes your mind open when the time comes for you to jump into that opportunity and this could be the opportunity for you guys to get uncomfortable mastermind so don't sleep on it info i believe the if you want to get some information on how to join uh as of right now i'm barely doing one-on-ones guys but again i might just close that up so info i believe the kid if you're interested in one-on-one coaching we literally meet through zoom uh, if you're out of uh, if you're out of the area that I'm on and and we're gonna get you leveled up, man, we're gonna get you to the next level. But today's episode, guys, uh, said Hill out of California, such a powerful, powerful episode. And he is a pastor and he's a motivational speaker, and he's just killing the game, guys. Uh, literally, I truly believe by I live my life by God, family and hustle. Those are the three priorities for me in that order, because without God, you wouldn't have the other two. And family comes before the hustle, obviously. So schedule everything around the family first and then the hustle. And today's episode, I think that faith has a lot to do with people that are successful. And that is why I did today's episode. Shout out to Sergio. He killed it. And this man has built churches in Colombia, in TJ, in San Diego, and he's literally just growing it. And uh, he's just changing lives. Like he's transforming lives. We talked about that today about transforming people. But you know what? I could, and, and, I was going to say I can go on, but I can, and I'm going to go on because there were so many nugs today. Uh, one that keeps popping in my head is, uh, and I have it written here, faithful with little. You have to be faithful when you have little and be faithful when you have a lot. What that means is continue being faithful the bigger you get. And guys, I <laughs> I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for God. And that's just the bottom line. So Anyways, I could sit here and give you all these nugs, but I'm just going to have Sergio give you all this spiritual game today on today's episode. So let's get it, baby. Here is today's episode with Sergio. Vamanos. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK. I am excited today. The guest I have it, I, I'm I'm excited because I, I'm I'm a big spiritual guy, so I can't wait to to give you guys some game today. Sergio, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. It's great to be on your bot your podcast, and I'm excited about our conversation today. Yes, yeah, same here, man. Uh, you know, and and this podcast is 
the million dollar hustle, right? Like what kind of person do you need to become to that, to get to that milestone? Again, those of you who are listening, it is not the money, right? It's actually the person you need to become, right? So I'm excited to hear, uh, because you, you do motivational speaking, you do a little bit of everything. You're a pastor, right? Like, uh, so let's start with your story. If you could tell us where you're from and then kind of how you got to where you're at now. Yeah. So I'm originally born in Santa Barbara, California, and I grew up with immigrant parents. So, you know, my parents are from Jalisco, Guadalajara, and there's six in our family. I'm the youngest in the family. And I grew up in Santa Barbara when I was, uh, uh, 10 years old, 11 years old, I was a semi-pro skater. So I was already involved in the skateboard industry. I was one of the only Latinos out there doing it, representing. And um, what happened was, I think what uh, my brothers were part of a gang in the neighborhood and all of his brothers, all of the, the brothers of my brothers and their family, they were all my age. And what happened is they all joined the gang so I ended up leaving skateboarding to join the gang. And then I got involved in the gang, gang life for a while. And then uh, I got stabbed in my back uh, when I was about, I think, 15 years old, gang fighting. And then that really caused my parents to, of course, take my life to a different course. They they um, they made me stay home every Friday night. And when I was staying home every Friday night, I would listen to this disc jockey uh, on a radio station called KCSB it was the university radio station. And then um, all of a sudden he said, if anyone is interested to becoming a DJ, you can, uh, the university is doing a program where you can come and learn to do it. So guess what I did at 15 showed up as a young Cholia with my Pendleton and with my Dickies <laughs> at 15 years old, I said, I want to be a DJ. Wow. And I tell you, it was that decision that small decision that started making the big difference in my life. I got my radio license and then I started a disc jockey company. I started doing all of the dances for the schools. I started renting out um, the roller skating rings. That's when there was roller skating rings. What's up for the eighties, everyone. And uh, in those days I would rent facilities, pass out flyers and people would show up. So we would have like any anywhere between 700 and 900 uh, youth come to our dances and, you know, obviously invested in a bunch of sound equipment and, and that was great. And then um, I think when I was getting close to 18, I was on a radio station called K mix one Oh six. And all this time I was in high school. So it was great. And then um, somebody came up from LA and they heard about what I was doing. I was promoting dances and they actually offered me um, a record deal. They were asked me to do music, uh, on record while well, doing mixing on for some artists for about, I don't know. It was great. It was a great opportunity. And, but it was, it was big thing for me to make a big decision for me to make because I was about to turn 18. I wasn't sure it was a big opportunity. And uh, he's the one that produced the dip. Remember that song? You put your hand up on your hip. Mm. You don't know that song. Yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> and and so I was on a radio station, I was doing dances. But you know what happened is um I had a I had a dream. Um first time ever in my life I had like a real spiritual dream. And in this dream, I heard this voice, and I'm gonna interpret it as God was speaking to me. 
And there was two dirt roads in this dream. One said um, success in the world. And the other one said uh, ministry, the purpose of your life. And he told me, Serge, if you sign that contract, you'll have worldly success, but you'll miss the purpose of your life. I got up mm. and I was shocked. It's the only time in my life, maybe the first of two times where I've heard the audible voice of God. And God told me in a clear voice, choose wisely. So I remember I was battling that decision. The following week, pick up on this, in Santa Barbara, they do these parties called Fiesta. I mean, the whole city, it's like New Orleans. It's a Mardi Gras. The city shuts down and parties for three days. During that time, I was doing a dance at downtown in the city. And I was passing out flyers. And when I was passing out flyers, I saw this flyer on the ground. I picked it up and it said, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Okay, let me tell you. I connected that flyer to the dream that I had that night. I said, I got to go check these people out. I was a new church and they were starting this church in a, in a community center where I would, where I would hold dances. So I went on, on a Wednesday night service. I thought it was kind of odd because, you know, I grew up Catholic and I just didn't think church was on Wednesday. It was supposed to be on Sunday. So I go to this Christian church, this non-denominational Christian church. And I walk in, and as I walk in to the service, um, most people didn't know this, but I had a I had a cocaine addiction. So everywhere I went, I was always doing coke. So before I go to church, pick up on this, I snort a half a gram of cocaine, and I pray this prayer on the way to church. I said, God, if you could change my life, I'll give it to you. Mm. So I, my first entrance into knowing the gospel of Jesus and going to a Christian church was I, I go in high on cocaine. And as I go into the service and I saw all these youth and young adults and they were singing about Jesus. And I looked around, I said, well, I mean, I go to church, but it's not like this. And then the, the, the pastor got up to speak. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I felt like he was talking just to me. Like everything he was saying about your life, your purpose, your destiny, what you were called for, and how the enemy wants to hold you back from the life that you were meant to live. I didn't know if anyone else received what I received, but at the end, he said this. He said, if you want to give your life to Christ, raise your hand. Mm. So I didn't know who raised their hand, but I raised my hand. I raised my hands, my hands going up. And then he called everybody to the to the front, to the platform to pray. And at that moment, I made a decision. I don't care what anybody thinks of me because people knew who I was. I mean, they knew that I was the DJ of the city. And some of them were like, you know, why is he there? But I was there on a mission. I had to know what was the connection between this dream and this flyer. So I go up and you know what? I give my life to Christ at 17 years old, I was about to turn 18, gave my life to Jesus. And then I had to leave right after because I had my radio show. So I was on a hip hop radio station. I did the nine o'clock show. So I drove to the radio station and we were promoting a new album by Prince, his new album called When Doves Cry. I don't know if you ever heard of, of course, you, I'm sure you've heard of Prince, mm -hmm. but that album has a song at the end of it. It's called Darling Nikki. And if you let the record play out, the music sounds really strange until you backmask it. So I remember when I got the album because DJs, we would get the albums first 
And I remember listening to that song and I played it backwards. And this is what it said. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine because I know the Lord is coming, coming soon. Anyone of that has that record wow. has the CD, you listen to it. And at the end of Darling Nikki, there's this weird noise. But if you play it backwards, that's what it says. So I'm about to go on the radio and promote Prince's new album. That was our assignment. Uh, and the production wow. manager said, okay, this is what you're promoting this week. So I turn on the mic. I say, here's Pastor Prince singing about the 666, getting you ready for the second coming of the Lord. That just came out of my mouth. Remember, like I didn't talk like that before. That wasn't in my head space before. But something happened to me that night. My heart changed. My heart changed. I, I cannot deny it. I could not go back to doing what I was doing. And so I remember doing um, one of my last dances. And I announced it on the microphone, you guys, as of today, I've become a born-again Christian. And um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Everybody started clapping. Yeah, good for you, sir. And then after that, my friends, we partied. They wanted a party with me. Serge gave his life to the Lord. Guys, we got to give him one more party. Fiesta, let's go. So they were all excited for me. They're like, all right, man, we're glad you're doing that. Let's party with you. And then after that, I started going to church. And literally, one by one, my friends started coming to church and giving their lives to Christ. And then that agent who wanted to sign me up to do music, he ended up buying my business and bought all my accounts and all of my shows. And so I ended up having the largest sound system in Santa Barbara to ending up with just a boombox with the cassette player, a JVC cassette player boombox. And it was like this moment that I remember having in my room, realizing, God, you are literally starting me over. And then from there, I, I, I used to, um, the, the pastor of the church, he bought back my turntables and my speakers, and we started going out to the streets. On the street corners, I would hold youth rallies and I would mix and scratch and everybody would come because everybody was downtown all the time. And in front of movie theaters where people would line up outside, I would play, I would DJ and I would mix up music. People would show up and we would rap and people would give their lives to Christ. And I realized this was the call of my life. The real reason why I became a DJ wasn't just to rock a party, was to rock a mic for Jesus. Mm. And from there, I went on a Christian radio station in Santa Barbara. I went, I started doing Christian, working on a Christian television station as well. And then uh, in 31, when I was 31 years old, uh, the church in Santa Barbara asked me to answer the call to start a new church in San Diego. So my family and seven people, we came down to San Diego and we started the church. And then the church, we started in a high school with seven people and that day, the first service, like 60 people came, 12 people gave their lives to Christ. And then after that, we just kept growing and growing and growing. And we became the third fastest growing church in America. And then the second year after the year after we became the seventh fastest. And then after that, we became the 11th fastest, the first Latino to ever um, grow a church that was not Spanish speaking or all English speaking. Uh. And it was uh, it was incredible. And then I wrote a book called The Heart Revolution because that became the primary mission of my life to turn the hearts of youth and families. And so I went to 52 cities around the world. 
I went to Australia, Singapore, uh, Europe, Israel, uh, all through Latin America, all through the United States, and um, talking about how much God can change a person's life when you open up your heart to him. And that's how simple it was. It was as simple as God, here's my heart. I open it up. And now I'm helping people. Uh, the church, I've passed it over to my son-in-law and my daughter and my kids are now leading, which is now called Heart Revolution Church. Mm -hmm. And we started one in San Diego, Tijuana, um, Bogota, Colombia. And it's exciting because now I'm branching out and I'm, it, I really feel privileged that God's allowing me to enlarge um, the influence that I've had to reach new people and more people for him. So, and absolutely, I just love people. I love seeing people's lives change. I love people. I love watching people develop their God-given potential. Mm. Man, so many uh, great nugs in there and so many, that's such a beautiful like timeline. And um. I, the whole time after every event that happened to you, Sergio, like what? Because I, I feel like a lot of people are listening, uh, you know, that maybe they haven't found that purpose, right? Or or what yeah. they want to do in life. Uh, I feel, and it's, you're the perfect example because I, I've had some circumstances along the way that like kind of pull me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, right? And uh, that's what I got from you. And, and it's like, you almost have to, follow that right like whenever you get pulled follow that like you said like follow your heart so with that being said um somebody that's struggling to find their purpose out there uh, what would you say to them well you know what i've discovered you find your purpose your purpose is found in your pain mm. um, tell me what you've gone through and i'm telling and i'll tell you what you're called to wow most people they try to find their purpose outside of them and when you do that, you end up being branded by other people. People will put a jacket on you. They'll tell you what they think you are. And one of the greatest mistakes we can make is to try to find the purpose of our life and not go to the architect of our life. Mm. See, every human being was made with a purpose. God has a unique fingerprint on every single human. No two humans have the same fingerprint. No two finger, no, no, no two people have the same uh, eyes. And so there's uniqueness to every one of us. That's the way God created us. So if God was so specific in making us physically unique, he also made us emotionally and spiritually unique to discover our purpose in him. And so I think to discover your purpose, the first thing I encourage always people to do, and I do this as I go around helping organizations, helping universities um, and leaders is that you find your purpose in discovering your pain. Tell me what you've been through in life, and I'll tell you what you're called to. So take a person, for instance, that has experienced a lot of hardship. Maybe they've gone through a lot of poverty, and they've struggled financially. But all of a sudden, they've they, they captured this purpose on the inside to become the first millionaire in their family. Mm. Well, I'll tell you this. The pain of what they've gone through, the pain of poverty, will propel you into pursuing living in abundance. Wow. And if you, if you were to talk to that first millionaire, they'll tell you is that the pain of being poor is what propelled me to become the first entrepreneur in my family to become a millionaire. 
talk to a person, think about MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. What started that organization? A mother who lost her child to a drunk driver. So, wow. And so if you look at different organizations that we all know, they're all the result of someone's pain. You know, the church is the result of the pain of Jesus Christ. Mm. And if you think about um, what the church is all about, the church really is, is a group of people that have been called out to surrender to God and to speak about how, how Jesus died on the cross for us and his pain produced what we know today as the local church. You think about universities, Pepperdine University, Harvard University. Um, you think about these institutions and you start realizing, you know, Princeton University was founded by a pastor and his family that they went through a lot because there was a lot of, there was a lack of education in those days. And so from the pain of your life, you'll discover your purpose. Wow. And, I've just, and I've discovered this. When you do that, you won't lack passion. I hope that mm. helps someone. Whoo, man, that that's so fire right there. Uh, that is so true. And and Sergio, I couldn't help but think too, even like with my personal life, uh, even like not grow, growing up with no father figure, right? Like I never met him, and and it's crazy because that pain is what made me a better father. Like I, I obviously nobody's perfect, but I know for sure uh, <laughs> I'm a well, I'm chose. up there, right, with the dad. So so I yeah, I like chose. that because it's that pain. Uh, th- well, wow. You chose. I, Let me say this to you. You chose to grow in life. You're either going to grow through life or just go through life. Mm. And whatever lesson you don't learn, you're going to have to take it again. And so the idea is you went through pain, but instead of the pain leading you to get bitter, the pain led you to get better. And that's the reason why you're on the mic right now. And that's the reason why you have hundreds of thousands of followers because your pain has brought healing to other people. Wow. Yeah. And so what we need more than ever now is not people to hide their scars is what we need. People is to let God transform their scars into a new story. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, wow. Yeah. I'm like just amazed right <laughs> now with all, with all the game that you're putting on. Um, even going back to because I'm a true believer, like you said, and it makes sense uh, to kind of tie everything together. Everybody, anybody that's listening, um, uh, being authentic, right? And I feel like uh, a lot of people hide from. Oh, I don't want. I, I don't want people to know this section about my life. And and it's funny because I actually sometimes. I even hear from even family or whoever, like, oh, you put too much out there, right? Like, and uh, the the funny thing is, Sergio, I'm sure you can relate to this too, is that you kind of choose what you put out there. People think like, just because we're out there, like, ah, there's a lot of things that I don't put on social media or or whatever, right? Uh, but most of it is out there, and especially the areas where where the pain, right? Like that pain existed. And uh, a lot of people are almost ashamed to show that. And it's like, to me, it's like you could help somebody knowing like, hey, I went through this. Come on, you could do it too. So that that is uh, amazing right there. So be authentic. Be authentic, whoever's listening. Yo, we'll be right back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Before we continue, I want you to go grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out on Amazon. It is out on Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, Target.com, and everywhere else books are available. The great news, guys, is you could go to BillyTheKid.com and grab an autographed copy. That is right. 
I'm going to mail you an autographed copy right now. Audiobook is also available on Audible and everywhere else audiobooks are available. So go listen to it. Go grab yourself an autographed copy and I'll see you on the other side, baby. And now back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast. You mentioned uh, the, ter- the two dirt roads that you... Uh, that you you had to decide on right and success or purpose of life so how would you tie that together with the purpose i feel like success comes with that regardless so it's almost like uh, like i'm sorry but you would have been dumb to choose the success right because purpose will give you that regardless and in the calling because now you're like traveling the world like you're you're doing all these uh, amazing things so if you could touch a little bit about that because i think everybody has either a moment uh maybe that dream i've heard people having that dream right so so if you could touch a little bit on that because i think that's a very important part of your uh journey you know it's true. Everybody wants to be successful. Like everybody wants to arrive, but nobody wants to take the trip. Mm. And a lot of times what happens is the lure of success is so real. And in that time of my life, I was making a lot of money at my age, probably more than I probably should be making. And that's strange to say, but it was a lot. And so I just, I, I knew what success was at that point. I remember one show we we were doing at this um, Arlington theater. It's a big movie theater in Santa Barbara, very historic. And I remember the radio station that was on, we brought in Zap, Grandmaster Flash and Gap Band in one concert. Mm. So there I am with all my friends at this concert, you know, it's, I'm 17 years old and I'm sitting around here with Grandmaster Flash, Gap Band and Zap. I'm thinking to myself, this, this, this shouldn't be happening for me. And so what, what happened is that when I saw that dream, the lure of success was real. But what happens is success will give you instant gratification, but it'll never give you in, internal fulfillment. Oh, I love and that. So when, you're, when you're the number one DJ of your city and you're making thousands of dollars, you're on a radio station, you're doing events, you realize you can have the money you can just because you're making money doesn't mean you're getting a life. And so what happens all the time is we trade instant gratification for true purpose. See, if you look at it like this, when you, when you live your purpose, it's the person that you become. That's where the wealth comes from Mm. because there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. You could be rich, but it doesn't mean you're wealthy. There's a lot of people that are nouveau riche. They, they, they came into new money. They they had a job. They got a good bonus. Or, or all of a sudden, they came up with an idea and they made money. And that's great. But wealth takes time to build. And so if you think about the way money is built, it's built over time. So just like wealth takes time to build, so does your purpose. It takes time to build. But when you choose your purpose, it's going to be what I call delayed gratification where you're going to do some things today that hurt. It's like what my dad told me. My dad used to tell me this. Sergio, he would say, you're going to either smile now and cry later, or you're going to cry now and smile later. My dad used to tell me that all the time. My dad was an entrepreneur. My dad would Mm. tell me, Sergio, you're either going to be one or two things. You're either going to be wealthy or you're going to be famous. He said, very few people get to have both. So which one of the two do you want to be? 
And so, wow. so from a young, as a young kid, my dad always put into me vision, vision. So, and I'll share this story with you. When I got stabbed in my back, my dad, oh man, it's in my book, The Heart Revolution. Um, I, I tell the story that when my dad, when I got stabbed in my back, um, after I went to school, my dad would pick me up and take me gardening with him because my dad was a gardener. And I remember one time he took me to the cemetery and he goes, Serge, I want to show you something. And we were driving around the cemetery because he told me, what do you see? I said, dad, there's a bunch of dead people here as a 15 year old would say. And then he goes, uh, when did these people die? I said, well, it's on their tombstones. And my dad stopped the truck and he looked at me, said, Sergio, it's not true. Most of these people died before they got here. Hmm. He said, if you don't have a vision for your life, you're already dead. Oh, wow. And then I discovered later that that's in the Bible. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, the Bible says, without a vision, a person will perish. Another translation says, without a person with a vision, if a person doesn't have a vision, they'll take the brakes off of their life. They'll cast off restraint. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that if you choose success, you might have instant gratification. But if you choose your purpose, you're going to choose the vision of your, for your life. And you'll choose delayed gratification. You'll cry now, but you'll smile later. And ultimately, you'll be more fulfilled. Um because money does not make you happy. I know a lot of wealthy people that are miserable. Mm. All money does is amplify. It's a magnifying glass. If you were happy before money, you'll be happy after money. If you were horrible before money, you'll be horrible after money. <laughs> money is a revealer of who you really are. Seriously. Oh, my God. Uh, so that that's like fire right there, like vision. Like it, it's so crazy. And do you think that uh because I, I'm a true believer and and I've said this before, those of you who are listening that it, to kind of go along with uh what you said with the vision and and it takes time, right? To build wealth. Uh I'm a true believer that at the end, when you're doing what you love, it, the pain is still there, right? Like you gotta get up and go do whatever it is. You know, if if you're a trainer and you gotta go train people, you probably have to get up at three, four in the morning to go get that class started or whatever. I mean, it, it's painful, right? Or or if you want the rock's body, you probably can't keep up with his workout and and the way he eats and stuff. Uh, so with that being said, I also believe that when you're doing what you love, the money comes anyways. Like you become a uh, a magnet, right? Like and yes. and to lead into that, the the question that I have to lead into it is, um, you you mentioned like the whole money thing, right? Uh, can you give us some game on what the Bible truly says? Because you always hear, right? Like, uh, oh, money's this, and 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 I I believe that it makes your life easier, right? Like if if you start you like you said, there's bad people out there, and they're gonna do bad things with money, but you could also do a lot of good right? Like giving back to the local community, like I did with backpacks and stuff. I'm sure you do a lot of that uh, in the position that you're in. So can you give us some game of what the Bible says about money? And then this is it, guys. Those of you who are listening, let's not question it anymore after this podcast. <laughs> That's good. Well, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 10, it says, the Lord maketh one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. And so God is the one that prospers us. So when you have a biblical worldview about money, you see money through this lens, through the lens of being a steward. So no one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to set out to be rich. What we set out to do is to be good stewards of what we have. We learn to bloom where we're planted. 
And so the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that money is the root of all evil. And so it doesn't say that money is evil, but money can absolutely become the root of all evil. Because in money, when it's not governed correctly, it causes you to become selfish, greedy. You can manipulate people, take advantage of people. And oftentimes you can use your money to give an impression of someone that you really are not. So money is a magnifier, but biblically speaking, money is a tool. God always asks us to look at money as a tool. In fact, Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money. Can't serve both. You'll either serve one or the other. And what does that mean? That means, that doesn't mean that you give all your money to God. Because when Jesus was asked about taxes, he took a coin and he said, whose face is on the coin? And the disciple said, Caesar. And then he said, so give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Mm. So Jesus was very practical when it came to money. But money is always a stewardship question. It's an issue of can you qualify for more based on your ability to lead, manage, and reproduce it. God is always looking for people who will lead it, manage it, and reproduce it well. Because the purpose of money is ultimately, there's multiple reasons the Bible says God makes us wealthy. One of the primary reasons is so that we can glorify him with our wealth. That when, when wealth comes into our life, we glorify God with it. How is that? By making good decisions with our money, mm -hmm. by using our money to help other people. The Bible says in Deuteronomy uh, chapter eight, it says, um, God gives you the power to get wealth so that you can establish his covenant on earth. The covenant that God made with human beings is through Jesus Christ. And through Christ, God made a promise, a covenant, a contract with everyone that if we believe on, on Jesus and we trust him with our life, that God will forgive us and cleanse us and give us a new heart. Mm. That's a covenant. And God says, I've given you power to promote my covenant on the earth. So part of what we do is, is what we call tithe. We give 10% of our money back to God. And because we believe that when we honor him with the first 10%, then we're honoring the one that ultimately first gave it to us. So money in the Bible is seen as a tool, a tool to do good, a tool to, to benefit your family. I genuinely believe in generational wealth. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It says that in the mm -hmm. book of Proverbs. So the Bible teaches us that we should gain money for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God, also for the purpose of creating generational wealth for our children, and that's the way you eradicate poverty. And then number three, the third reason why we get God blesses us with wealth is so that we can enjoy our life. God loves watching, just like you and I love watching our children enjoy their life, God loves watching us enjoy our life. And I think what happens oftentimes is people think when they go to church, all the church wants is your money. And I tell people all the time, it's like, um, no one ever goes to Walmart or to Target and walks in and says, hey, everyone, don't come in here because all Walmart, Walmart and Target want is your money. I mean, you would, you would be considered ridiculous for saying that, of course. That's why you come <laughs> here to spend. But you know what the great thing is? Is the church is like a God's GNC store, God's nutrition center. When you go to church, God, you leave spiritually with a new nutrition, mentally, emotionally, 
But not just that. When we give money to church, to a local church, you are funding the eternal work of God on the earth. So anyone that wants to have an investment that has great rate of return, there is no better rate of return than sowing your money. That's what the Bible says we do. We sow it. We give it with an expectation of receiving. We sow our money into the kingdom of God, knowing and believing that the rewards sometimes might be on earth, sometimes they, they may not. But we absolutely know that those rewards are in heaven because oh you cannot God. put a value on a soul, man. Tell me what value would you put on a soul, on my soul, on my life? My goodness, you know. So I think if we see money as a trust, God trusts us with money to see um, how responsible we are. Because the Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, if you're faithful with the little, you'll be faithful over much. So it's a, it's about a trust. It's also about a stewardship where we learn to manage our money. But it's also about generosity. Because generosity is what generates change. So Sergio, I couldn't help but think, man, how like a couple things that, I mean, th there was a lot of things that st like stuck out. Those of you who are listening, I'm sure there's a lot of game out there, but uh, you, you said you become someone you're not. And then you also said uh, you're faithful with a little and you're going to be faithful with a lot. Yeah. And I'm a true believer that uh, again, going back to authentic, right? Keeping it real, being yourself. I truly believe that that is like the way to go. And you meet so many entrepreneurs that uh, maybe they want to seem bigger than they are or, or all this bigger thing. Like, it's like, no, just be yourself. Right. Like, uh, and then all of a sudden they're like struggling or, you know, and I don't want to say names because there's actually a few famous entrepreneurs right now going through some stuff where they bought into these companies and now they're failing, you know, but here they are showing off, private jets and models and all this crazy stuff. Um, but I think even on, on just like the daily life, you see that over and over people that are not being themselves. And I truly believe when you're not being yourself, it comes from other people's opinions. Like you want to okay who you are with that person. So you act that way and it shouldn't be like that. And, uh, so if you could touch a little bit about uh, on about that is, uh, uh, being yourself, right. Being, being true to yourself, being real, And I think uh, that's why I can guarantee you that you have that mic in front of you. That's why you're so successful with everything you've done. I feel the same way. I think that's why I have a mic in front of me because I've just kept it real. I've just been myself. Some people will like it, some won't, but it is okay. You're being yourself. And at the end, you're being happy to yourself, true to yourself. Your family's happy and God just keeps blessing you while you're doing it. So if you could touch a little bit about that. Yeah, it's true. One of the things we always have to watch out for is that we 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 avoid the temptation of being a copy when we've been called to be an original. Mm. Um, if we're not careful, we begin to take on the persona of other people that we admire because we just don't feel like we're good enough ourselves. Wow. And so the anointing of God is the supernatural empowerment of God on a person's life. Whenever you hear the word in church or in the Bible, it's called anointing. That word speaks of the supernatural empowerment and gift and favor of God on a person's life. So this is how, this is what I tell people, especially youth and young adults. So I do a lot of youth conferences and a lot of young adult uh, conferences. I tell them this, the anointing is on the real you, not the someone else you're trying to be. 
God doesn't want to anoint or bless um, someone that is not being authentic because he created you to be you. And I think until you're happy in your own skin, you're going to keep trying on everyone's jacket. You're going to keep trying on everyone's brand until you realize that God gave you a unique brand. He gave you who you are. And oftentimes, because what we see on social media, we compare who we are to other people. And the comparison trap is real, man. Like, I, you know, I want your followers, man. I look at your followers. I'm like, I told my team, Gilda, how we get these guys followers? This guy is like 700,000 people. I'm like, so I can very look at my followership and go, man, I suck. I'm a nobody. What am I doing? I could do that. But I bet you there's someone who looks at my followers and goes, how does Sergio have all those followers, man? And they're probably saying the same thing. I suck. So the truth is, is that when you learn to be honest about who you are and where you are, you'll find out that the only person that you're competing with is yourself. And that's a great place to get to. Okay. It's, it's taken me some time though. You know, I was, I've always been a very ambitious person and I believe that being ambitious is a God-given gift. I do. But with every gift, there's always good. And sometimes there's, there's the dark side. And when you're ambitious and you want to be successful in, in, in its most purest form, it's, it's exciting because you want to maximize who you are. And I, and it's part of my mission in life to help people develop their God-given potential in order to win in every area of their life. I believe that you can win in every area of your life. Keep developing who you are. But there comes a point where you've got to settle and say, hold it. I Paul said this in the Bible, in the book of Corinthians. He says, I am who I am by the grace of God. And when you get to the point where you realize no, I probably don't have the looks that I'd like, the money that I'd want, the height, maybe the, the wife that I would want, the children that I would want, the job that I want, the car, the house. But I'm grateful and thankful for where I am. I'm telling you right there. When you start right there, you'll be amazed how God will begin to accumulate more to you. Because what you're showing God and you're showing life is that you're grateful where you've been planted in life. See, mm -hmm. everybody wants a miracle but nobody wants to process like th think of a, think of a caterpillar, a, a caterpillar doesn't need a miracle to become a butterfly. It just needs to go through the process of transformation. Wow. Wow. And so I started a ministry called Monarch ministry and it's my new ministry, my new mission in life to help people experience the process of transformation. And so I've studied to become a transformationalist specialist so my new mission is to help people experience transformation. And so you'll never be able to become the butterfly until you accept right now, I'm a caterpillar. And if you're a caterpillar, be the best caterpillar you can be. Love it. Because no one could be the better caterpillar that you are. And right now, if you're called to eat the leaves that you're crawling on, eat the leaves. Mm. Wow. <laughs> because because as long as you're the best caterpillar that you are, life will eventually take you into your cocoon. And as you go into that cocoon, 
You just want to make sure that you stay in that cocoon. And the truth is most of the people that are listening to us right now, they're in a cocoon. You know, no one's going to listen to your podcast unless they're committed to personal growth because you're all about personal growth. You cannot listen to this podcast. They and get stay scared, the Sergio. No, it's scared. like, it's like, ¿Qué onda con este guy? like, <laughs> está jalando la cuerda, you know, like, like this guy is not going to let me just settle and sit in my situation. Mm. You're right. So most of us that are listening. We're in some form of cocoon. We're in that process where, where we're being fashioned and shaped so that we can bust out and be a butterfly. That's funny. Real, real quick, before you continue, I just made me think, uh, one of my coaches once told me, he's like, you know, Billy, you have this great way to get uh, under people's skins. And I love it. <laughs> oh, it's true. It, it, so it, like what you were just saying, is so true. Like, and you know, one of the things I always say on, on the podcast, it's like, if you're not ready to level up and take your life to the next level, then don't hit play plain and simple. Like that's yeah, how we're doing that. it. Right. <laughs> I think that's, that's, good. that's a good one liner. Well, and it's true. I mean, think about where you are. You didn't get where you are because one day, you know, your, your mom and dad bought you a microphone and now look at you. No, you struggled. You saw a lot. You've been through a lot. Some of your friends, some of your homies went through things that you don't want to go through. You saw families go through drama and you're like, I don't want to do that. And so what you did is you discovered mm. that you have another avenue. You could take your pain out through drinking, partying, smoking, going out. You could say, you know what? I'm going to use my pain to elevate a positive solution. And that is work on yourself. Mm. So when I work with people and a lot of the, a lot of the work that I do is with organizational leaders and one of the hardest people to reach Billy is the organizational leader because he's in control and most people live based on what he will sign on a piece of paper You'll get a raise. You won't. You'll stay. You'll be fired. And so most people who are at the top of their organization, I call it hitting the bottom when you reach the top. And, I like that. And most people, when they've reached the top, is when they feel loneliest and emptiest. Is because on their way up, they had a lot of people mentoring them, encouraging them. But what happens in growth, and I know I've skipped a little bit here, from being true to your authentic self, but ultimately when you're true to your authentic self, you will grow. And so this is my point. The same hunger that you had when you started is the same hunger you want when you've arrived. And the only way you keep that hunger is by allowing yourself to go through the process of brokenness mm. from becoming a caterpillar to a butterfly. And that process of brokenness is what transforms your life. See, whenever you go to a, a department store to buy cologne or perfume, most of the time we don't buy it necessarily because of the bottle. Although sometimes they package it well. We want what's on the inside of that bottle, the cologne or the perfume. Love it. But every bottle has a, a little um, paper around the cap and it says, break the seal. So in order to get what's on the inside, you've got to break the seal on the outside. So if you will break the seal on the outside, you'll get what's on the inside. 
See, I want you to think about this. Most of what is happening to us in life is that life is trying to break the seal on the outside of us. That seal is our ego, our pride, our selfishness, our, our sense of control, our desire to be honored, revered, respected, which they're all good things. But in order to get to the true the true gold that's on the inside, to get to the secret sauce on the inside of you, to get to that recipe that's on the inside of you, that secret sauce that's going to make you unique and different and stand out in the midst of, of a myriad of people, you know what it's going to be? You've got to allow the, the shell on the outside to be broken. Think of it like this. An egg that's not broken becomes an egg that you have, that you make an omelet with. But an egg that cracks is the egg that becomes a chick. What's the difference between the two? Is that an egg that stayed long enough in the incubation process becomes a chick and that chick breaks through the shell. An egg that you and I consume to make our eggs and omelets with is simply an egg that never developed its full potential. Wow. And wow. so if you think if you think about it, there is a person on the inside of all of us that's screaming to come out. So I wrote this book called Paradox, The God Who Breaks the Rules. And that's the book that's featured on Amazon right now. And I went through all of Latin America and I did this tour talking about the God who breaks the rules. Because one of the things as a Latino, I realized is that we're born with these mentalities that don't let us break out. So in this book, I talk about how God wants to break your rules. And it starts by allowing your heart to be broken. So mm. you find your authentic self by letting yourself go through the process of brokenness. But in that process, you realize you may have been born a caterpillar, but you were called to be a butterfly. Wow, man. Whew. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> I love it. Sergio. Uh, Come on, somebody. And, you know, I, I want to hear you. You mentioned uh, transformational. And that's kind of where you're taking your coaching and everything that you're doing. Can you give us like top three things you got to do to transform yourself to the next level or five things or however many you think, but if you could break down a quick list for us, what do we have to do to transform to the yeah. next level? Because I, I believe like, okay, cute. You become a millionaire. That's cute. But what person do you need to become to become a billionaire? And I, of course, don't not forgetting, right? Like why you're doing this is to touch more people to, you could help more at that point. So uh, if you could give us some pointers on that. Yes. Ultimately, wherever you want to get, whether it's a millionaire, billionaire, zillionaire, trillionaire, wherever you want to be, you have to embrace the process. And there is a path for every goal that you have. Don't fool yourself. I know you want to feel you're special. We all want to think that we're special and that we're going to skip the steps. But the truth is, You don't, we really don't get to skip steps. We just get to start over and we think we're starting over at another level, but you always start off where you left off. Remember that whatever step you're skipping, you're always going to have to start off where you left off. But what I've discovered about the process of transformation is this to transform or to have a new breakout moment, like the butterfly, you have to have a breakup. You have to break up. It's either a breakup with a person, breakup with an old mentality, breakup with yourself, breakup with your job, breakup with your mindset, breakup with an addiction. Wow. That breakup will always lead you to next, a breakdown. Mm. And this is where, when I go into coaching, 
where most people struggle because a breakup leads you to a breakdown. And the breakdown moment is what teaches you about what needs to change on the inside of you. Hmm. And you start seeing yourself for who you really are. At this point, it's what I call honest evaluation. Until you can let yourself see yourself for who you really are, not the person that you want other people to be, the person that you've really been, the liar, the cheater, the manipulator, the unfaithful person, the dark person, the the the, the person that is addicted, the person that is greedy, the person that is self-centered, the narcissist in you, until you can have that breakdown moment, where you realize this is who I am. It'll lead you to the next stage, which I call the break-off moment. Because as soon as you discover where you're breaking down, where you've been broken down and what needs to be broken down in your life, now you need to make that decision to break off these decisions. Okay, I'm going to break off that relationship. I'm going to break this off. I'm going to break off this mindset because a breakup leads you to a breakdown and then it leads you to that hard break off. But the beauty of the break off is that whatever you break off, life will then lead you to your breakthrough. And your breakthrough is the first time where you start seeing the fruit of the process that you've gone through. And this is the danger. Most people stay stuck at the breakthrough. They start feeling better about themselves. They lose a little bit of weight. They start making money. They buy a house, buy a car, and they have enough money to be secure, but they're not ready to reinvest again to think generationally. And I say most people blow it at the border of their breakthrough because the breakthrough offers you the scent of change, but it doesn't mean you've transformed. Mm. Transformation happens at the breakout moment. Wow. Think about the process. Break up, break down, break off, breakthrough. Then comes the breakout. Between mm. the breakthrough and the breakout, that's where you become who change has asked you to be. Have you ever met someone that you knew in high school that you now know as an adult and you realize, wow, you've changed. All of us have met those people. People say that to me. People have known me in high school. They say, hey, DJ Serge, are you still DJ? I'm like, bro, that was 30, 40 years ago. What up? but they still remember you for who you were in high school mm. and they don't change with you because they weren't part of your evolution. You have your breakout moment when you allow the process to cause you to become a new person. Your family experiences the breakout, the transformation when you become the parent that you're supposed to be, not the parent you want to be. Mm. You become the breakout couple when you become the breakout person that you're supposed to be not the breakout person you want to be mm. and that's when the breakthrough that new change you don't settle there you realize hold it what's next and what's next is becoming the change that you want to be and that's when you break out and people look at you and say you're not the same person you've transformed the beauty of transforming is that's when you transcend. Transcending means that you go beyond where you've been to zones of life and to the stratosphere of your life that you've never been. And to transcend, 
You have to live beyond the breakthrough. Mm. Woo. Mic drop right there. <laughs> I love that. We'll be right Before back. Before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D. Also, go follow Billy the Kid music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else. Music is available. And now, back to this great episode. Let's go. I'm popping out the two dough. We're number two foe. Hey. Feel like Kobe though I'm winning. Need to do more. Oh. My mama sorry. Oh. College wasn't for me. Street smart, no degree, just like Kobe. Self-made boss with a suit like a mogul. Like I'm the new era. Uh. You see it on my logo. So I have a question for you. Uh, it's funny. We were uh, at a seminar and, and um, I we, we went to the cigar lounge and there was a pastor there at that cigar lounge. And um, we had these great conversations uh, while we were there with him. And um, one of the things uh, that I want to ask you is uh, because... I, I feel like like Jesus, right? Like he that people were throwing rocks at him for standing up and being himself, right? Like who he was. And and I the first question I have because I asked this pastor, and he's like, Oh yeah, like is it okay to compare yourself to Jesus, right? And and to a certain level, right? Like nobody's ever gonna be perfect, right? Like, but uh I truly believe like the mission that you're doing when you get on this mic, like there, there's a, a big mission that we're accomplishing, right? Like people are listening. Uh, some people like it, some don't. There's a lot of things that come with that. All oh, he thinks is this, or you're, you know, whether it was through my music, writing books, like it, putting myself out there. So what, what's the, how do you deal with people like that? And, and the sad thing is that a lot of times it comes from people that are close to you, right? That you have to break up. Like you were saying, like you have to, uh, there's certain people that can't come to your next level of life, unfortunately. And, and it's sad, but how do you deal with that? And what's the, uh, the main question is uh, being a faithful person like I am, I want to know the answer. How do you do that in a positive way where we all win? I love you from a distance, but I'm, I'm going to the next level where God is calling me. How do you do? How, how would you describe that? Well, I call it the ceiling of complexity. When you hit a ceiling in your life, and your life has become so complex because in order to break through this life, you have to be willing to let people go who can no longer journey with you. I call it being compassionate. When you're compassionate to people, uh, you realize that there are no throwaway people. That just because someone, their values or their perspective has changed and that you've grown beyond the circle of influence that you have with them doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And I think what happens a lot of time is like when I listen to guys on TikTok or Instagram, you need to let those fools go. You need to get yours. You need to get going. You need to cut down all the extra fat off of your life. You need to become the real you. And you know what you realize that you didn't get on that mic to be able to say that just because someone did that to you. And mm. sometimes what happens is we begin to treat people like they're expendable mm. and we forget that they're human beings. And just because your journey and life has afforded you the privilege to get a little further than someone else, I think we should always be really careful on how we talk about um, removing people from our life because they become extra weight. I think there's, I think we've got to learn to see it a different way. 
I think what we have to learn to see is we got to make this decision. I'm going to choose to grow. But if I have to grow without you, it makes me feel sad. But I have to grow because I'm more committed to who God's calling me to be than I'm staying than being committed, staying in the comfort of being with you. Mm. So wow. it's more about answering a call than removing people from your life that can no longer add to you. Because if if my success was about the sum result of all the people that I scaffold with, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like a scaffold is what you set up outside of a building as when they're doing construction so that you can go higher on the building. But when you're done, you remove all the scaffolding. And so some people you can scaffold with them or grow with them because they were with you for a season, but they're no longer needed in that season. That philosophy treats people as rungs on a ladder. I don't think God wants us to treat each other that way. I think that we need to see it this way. You and I have started off on a journey and it's been great, but I want to keep growing. How about you? Do you want to keep growing? Well, let's keep growing together. But then there'll be people that say, no, no, I don't want to keep growing with you. I'm done here. You know, any relational, any relationship coach will tell you this, Billy, there are two alienators in relationships. And these are the two primary alienators that cause us to be alienated from the people that we love. Number one is vision. And number two is personal growth. So think about like this. If at the top right here is our goal, okay? If this is the goal, and if you look at it and you come down, and this is where we both are, this is where both of us are. If we both go towards the same goal, look what happens. If both of us are committed to personal growth, if both of us are committed to vision, the same vision, who do we meet at the top? We meet each other, don't we? Mm. But if I'm committed to personal growth, but you no longer are committed to personal growth, what happens when I get to the top? I end up being alone. It's because at some point, this person decided I no longer want to grow. I want to stay here. So at that point, you have to make the decision. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just a decision. Do I want to keep growing? Can I keep growing with you? Do I need to slow down? to help you grow with me? Those are important questions. Or have I slowed down to help you grow? Have I made it clear where we need to grow, but you've decided I just don't want to grow? At that point, you have to decide what's more important, the goal or this person? Hmm. I've made decisions to not get to the goal because of the person, because the person was more important than the project. But But at some point, After helping, staying, you have to make the decision. I've done all that I could to help you, and you still don't want to grow. I'm going to have to grow without you. Mm. And and, and you talk to anyone that is at the top, they'll have to tell you at some point, someone had a different vision. We started off with the same vision, but all of a sudden, they got division. And division causes us to divide. Keep the same vision together, we're at the top. So... I don't think they're a throwaway people. And I don't think there are people who 
we use for a season and we move on. I think there are people that we journey with in life. And then life itself asks us, do you want to keep going? Mm. And I think if you do it that way, it's a more compassionate approach to people. Mm -hmm. Because just because you kept growing doesn't make you a better person than them. Your income might be different. The house that you live in might be different. The, the influence that you have might be different, but it doesn't make you a better person than them. It just means that you've chosen to stay to this path because the truth is um, there are no throwaway people. And just because someone isn't as successful as I am, doesn't mean that they're not as valuable as I am. Maybe monetarily, they're not as valuable, but to God, they're all value. So you know what? Heads up, be careful. Yeah. Oftentimes, um, you know, we miss the mark and we start thinking that we're better than others because we're further along. No, we're not. We've just developed ourselves mm. a little more than others. And that's only because we've chosen the path of pain, the path of less resistance. And we went the narrow road. And the I Bible says the narrow road leads to life, Jesus said in Matthew 7. But the wide road leads to destruction. Mm. I love that. And uh, it, it's so true, Sergio, because it's so funny to this day. Like I have friends that maybe don't even have a car yet. Right. Like even <laughs> the same age or whatever. And and it's like I have some great conversations with those people. I, I think for those of you who are listening, it's almost like um, I would say if somebody's more attacking you. Right. Yeah. Attacking your character than not. Otherwise, if if you know, making jokes or whatever, right? Like about whatever it is that you've chosen to do. I think that is probably where you kind of have to draw that line. But I think overall, uh, it, like that, that saying says, right? Like be as nice to the CEO as you are to the general, right? Or vice versa, right? Um, and, and so I it love really that. It really is true. It really I love is it. true because the same dirt that they throw at you convey the very element that helps you rise higher. Mm. It has everything to do with what you do with the dirt. I've got family members that'll hate on me, talk about me. That's okay. I stay close to them because you know, the reality in every criticism, there's a little bit of truth, bro. We know that mm. in Love every it. criticism, there's a little bit of truth. So get the truth, learn, be humble. You know, you know where they're just doing drama. Don't get into their drama, but if there's a hint of truth, Hey bro, embrace that mm. because ultimately that's, what's going to help you grow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Love it. And uh, it, you you mentioned um, like the decision part, like you keep talking about decision and, and uh, how can somebody spiritually learn how to make the best decision? Because uh, and it could be right, like that investment you talked about, investments are OK, like you, you have to do that for greater returns. Right. Uh, in the entrepreneurship world, like what would you say to somebody that's uh, battling maybe some big decisions, right? Like, okay, do I need to put this money here or not? Or, you know, whatever, uh, what are some good ways to deal with that decision? Well, I think there's, there's always two thoughts when it comes to money, right? Short-term, long-term. So you have to have some investments that give you short-term returns, things that, uh, that are going to allow you to make money quickly. But then you also have to have a strategy that's in place that's a long game. Because if you're only playing the short game, what you're going to find out is uh, you're going to lose the, the equity of time. And time is what makes you wealthy. 
Sometimes you, you fall on, on money, a decision, but the majority of us guys, we're going to slug it out over time. So you need to have both strategies working at the same time, a long-term plan, which is usually real estate and a short-term plan, which is usually day trading investments, um, letting people borrow money, whatever, whatever field you're in. But the idea is when, whenever you're going to make decisions about your financial future, you always have to have a long-term plan and a short-term plan. And this is what I tell people all the time. Don't ever invest money that you're not willing to lose. Mm. Don't ever invest money that you're not willing to lose. You're not, um, uh, you know, because most people are going to want you to, to invest with them, but whatever you invest, you've got to be willing to lose it because if you're not willing to lose it and you lose it, it's always, be, it's, it's, it was your choice. So I always tell people, um, uh, if you're going to invest in anything, just make sure that you're emotionally committed to it. So people have told me, you know, um, what do I invest in? I invest in real estate. Why? Because if I, if I lose in the market, at least I can go live in it. But if I lose in Coca-Cola or any, you know, blue chip stock, they're not going to let me go set up camp in their home or set up camp in the, in the factory because the stock lost so much money. I can't say, Hey, I lost all my money with you guys, but can I come live here? No. <laughs> so you have to have long-term investments that give you a sense of security, but you also have to have short-term investments that keep you in the game because it takes money to make money. Mm. Love it. And uh, you mentioned also earlier, Eagle Pride, that lid that you were talking about. What, uh, how does somebody spiritual like you deal with that? Because obviously you're putting yourself out there, right? So uh, there, there has to be some kind of ego, right? For us to put ourselves out there in a, to a certain extent. But um, how can you control it? Because obviously it's something we can't control, right? And the humbleness and, and our, I think with me, it's like I always tap into being from El Salvador and literally a village right the ranch like it was called los ranchos where i'm from and so how, how do you deal with that to, so you could level yourself out but still be confident enough i call it confident right like be confident yeah. enough to to put yourself on stage or on this mic yeah it's it's well i'm gonna give you a, the short answer to this long answer starts with first of all realizing that my amigo my my ego is not my amigo mm, i love that love it so a healthy self-esteem is God-given, but an ego, literally, in my mind, it's etching God out. Ooh, I love that. Your 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 ego is not your amigo, because your ego is what will cause you to be offended by someone who was trying to help you. Mm. Your ego is what will cause you to not listen to advice that was crucial in the decisions that you're making. So I tell myself often, Sergio, calm the ego down, quiet the ego. Soften your heart and open your ears. Mm. Love it. And, and so I've learned over time that I, I have to find my identity and who I am in Christ and not in what I possess. My net worth cannot be linked. Uh, my self-worth can't be linked to my net worth. That's a big indicator. When I'm linking my self-worth to what I have, I know I'm in danger. Look at my house, look at my car, look at my platform, look at my speaking engagements, look at my books, you know, look at my family, look at my money, look at what I have. The moment I leverage those things to make me feel good about myself, I've made them an idol. Wow. God, God ain't going to have no idols. Now, I've had my idols broken in my life, Billy. So I want to tell you, 
I've had big idols in my life that God has had to break down. So that's why I know my ego is not my amigo. Anything I put before God is an idol. God's going to go after it because God wants to be number one in my life. And I think as long as I'm finding my identity and who I am in Jesus, what does that mean? That means that I'm secure already because in Christ I'm fulfilled. Mm. I'm loved already. So if I'm not loved by the people that are around me, it's okay because I'm deeply loved by God. If I don't have all the money that I want, it's okay because the Bible says that all my needs are met in the riches of Christ Jesus. So in other words, Christ, talking about Jesus Christ, who's the son of God, who's sitting on the right throne of God. He has all the wealth in the world. So whatever I need, I can find it in him. That doesn't mean I don't keep my hustle going. Because faith without works is dead, the Bible says. Ooh. But ultimately, I'm not going to find my identity in my car, in my bank account, in my in um, what I built as a pastor, being a mega church, and then being the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in America. That's yeah. that's not just an easy task. Yeah, and but- I I truly believe it comes from like literally the the faithful with little. You got you have to be faithful with a lot, right? Like the massive stuff that, that you're humility, doing. Humility is the cure, man. Like mm-hmm. I know what it is to be super pride and have God to have to humble me. I've had my butt humbled, Billy. But as also I've also been exalted, so I know what it is to live in both worlds. And I know that good decisions are usually made because of my bad decisions. Man, the Bible is so clear of advice, but I've always found myself that until I take the advice of the Bible, you know, what words, what the words of the Bible didn't do, circumstances will do. Mm, Wow. You've got to be willing to listen and you've got to be willing to learn what the Bible teaches because the Bible is the only book that will outlast humanity, bro. Mm, Love it. It, Yeah. I I I hope that's helped. yeah, no, that that's amazing right there, Sergio. Uh, it's so true. Uh, again, it just goes back to that. Like those of you who are struggling to get anywhere, check where you are with how real are you being to yourself, right? To those around you, I I think. Uh, and and it doesn't get any easier. I tell you what. Um, it, it's I always go back to like uh, you know, where I'm at nowadays. If I would have, I wanted it 15, 20 years ago, right? But if I would have gotten it then, I wasn't ready, uh, because I wasn't yeah. doing the work. Right. There's, there's a guy in the Bible. His name is Job. And it's actually the oldest book written in the Bible. That's what scholars believe. The story of Job is the only story that we will read about a guy who God and the devil fought over. Mm. The true story that this guy Job was so faithful. And the Bible says that Satan came to God and says, of course, he's faithful. You've protected him. You've blessed him. And Satan literally said to Joe, Jay, uh, Satan literally said to God, take away his blessings and he'll curse you. Take away his family and he'll curse you. Take away all the good that he's cursed and he'll curse you. And the Bible says that um, God said, okay, you could take everything away that he has, but you can't touch his life. So you know what happened? The guy in one day lost his family, lost his income and ended up alone. And he went through a process and that process led him to the chapter of Job is chapter 42. That's why I wear the hat 42 because it's the, it's, it's the chapter of restoration that when you go through the process that you've gone through and you're willing to stick it out, the process 
of restoration will always lead you to a greater position than when God found you. So Job chapter 42 says that God restored the fortunes of Job and gave him twice as much as he had and restored to him a family that is twice as large than what he had before. Mm. And so the, the, the moral of the lesson is this. If you'll endure the process of restoration and change, God always has more for you if you'll keep your heart connected to him in the process. God family hustle, baby. That's what I live by. So I can talk to you all day, Sergio, but uh, unfortunately you have to take over the world, right? And and keep preaching uh, the word, man. This this has been amazing. It's uh it's literally been something I've been wanting to do. So I'm glad that we connected, man, and and uh we we did this because I I think uh success won't come, right? Like like your 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 whole story basically uh success is not gonna come unless you are spiritually faithful. And again, God family hustle. I stand by that. I I built everything around that, and I'm gonna keep doing it. And as long as I keep doing that, man, uh. We're going to be doing some big things, Sergio. So, uh, <laughs> I believe that. And you know what, Billy? And for those that are listening, who God family hustle hasn't worked out, they've, they've messed up with their relationship with God, they've messed up with their family, and they've messed up their hustle, I want you to know there's a road to restoration. You know, you, you heard about my podcast, The Road to Restoration, and I help people who have fallen off that road that you're on, who've been tired of being on that road, who need to get back on that road. Because the beautiful thing is in life, and you know this, Billy, is the, the promise of a second chance. So for those that are listening, there's a second chance for you. If you've messed it up with God, if you messed it up with family, or if you've messed up your hustle, there's a road called restoration for you. Mm. And that restoration, if you'll stay on it, will lead you to more than you've ever thought you could have. Ooh, love it. Let's go. And yeah, those of you who are listening, uh, you're probably gonna have to listen to this twice because there's a lot of a lot of great wisdom. Uh, with that being said, Sergio, um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask you the same questions that I ask every guest that we have on our show, and this is just uh, for wisdom purposes and just whatever answers come to you rapidly. Uh, the first question: I wrote the book, "The Power of Being Uncomfortable," and with that being said, obviously, over and over, you hear it in your story. But what is the one time that you go back to that uh, where you practice the power of being uncomfortable? You got uncomfortable and it paid off to this day. I think when I made a decision, I mean, I'm going to go all the way back and I can go in the different sections of my life. But I could say when I made the decision to leave the gang in the neighborhood, everyone was in the gang. Everyone was in the clique. But I made a decision. I'm going to get out. And I became mm. completely uncomfortable being a DJ, standing in front of all these guys that I used to fight in gangs and at a dance. I made a decision to get out. The second decision that I made was to no longer still feel comfortable with an addiction to drugs. When I got set free and I made a decision, I'm no longer going to stay in the comfort that drugs were offering me. And I gave my life to Christ. When I made that decision and I chose what was uncomfortable versus what was comfortable, that's when my, my life spiritually took a completely different change. When I decided that I was going to sell my company in Santa Barbara because I had a landscape design company and to go full time into starting this church. And I went into the unknown when I made that decision and I left the comfort of my family, the comfort of what I had to go do this. 
everything changed in my life. And then today, when I made a decision to say, okay, I'm going to embrace all the good, bad, and ugly of my life. And I'm now going to start helping people um, become live a transformed life. When I made that decision, I got out of the comfort zone of my life during COVID. And I said, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to go forward in my life and I'm going to start reaching new groups of people, new people that I've never reached before, spoken to before. When I made that decision to leave the comfort of just speaking in one group of people to now expanding my reach to other people through podcasts, through online ministry, through online, through webinars, like what we're doing even now through Zooms, I made a decision. I'm going to speak beyond the seats that are in front of me to the world that's beyond me my life began to change. And you know what? I'm not just saying this, but today to meet you and to speak on your platform and, and, and to be able to speak in your podcast, I'm considering this one of the breakout moments of my life. Mm. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That, that means a lot to me. Uh, I'm excited uh, to see what else we do, man. I'm sure there's going to be other stuff that we're going to do uh, and even just overall uh, we might have to just do a, part two of this just because there, there's so much so much stuff so much. that we left on the table <laughs> so many Good. great snugs though i i truly appreciate it said Hio. and um the next question is if you were to look back at your younger self and talk to that kid uh what would be the piece of advice you would give yourself um i would probably tell myself this get a mentor who believes you and sees the best in you as fast as possible and value the voice of that mentor. Because I think what happened was when I grew up, um, especially when I was just in business, and if it wasn't for the mentors in my life, I wouldn't have made it. But the most difficult seasons of my life, you know, from start to finish that I even today, wherever I don't have a mentor, I'm always vulnerable to making bad decisions. So I would say, Sergio, get a mentor sooner. Mm. Love it. Great advice. Uh, those of you who are listening, can't stress that enough. Uh, and then the last uh, the, the last question that I have for you, well, actually, there's two more, actually. Uh, so the Million Dollar Hustle is going to be turned into a book where we're going to basically showcase the habits, we'll call them, of uh, what are the some of the stuff you need to do. And again, we say Million Dollar Hustle, but this could be those of you who are listening, like uh, it could be making your first 20K. It could be your first 50K, your first 100K. 250, 500, right? Like it doesn't have to be the the big amount yet, but overall, what are the habits that uh, if you do these three things, Sergio, if you had to tell somebody, hey, go do these three things, you're not going to fail. You're going to become successful in life. What are the three things that you need to do? I would say number one is surrender your heart to God because he's the architect of your life and he will always have the best blueprint for you. The second thing I would say is learn to read and journal by yourself. No one can invest more in you than you. So reading and journal, I read the Bible, I read other books, and I journal. That practice has allowed me to be honest with myself and, a, and has given me a place to share my thoughts and feelings. And the third thing is, is that I would maintain a holy hustle. Um, I would work as if it depends on you and I would pray like it depends on God. Mm. I've had to learn that. Keep that holy hustle. Work as if it depends on me 
and pray like it depends on God. Wow. Whew. I love that. And uh, you, you've obviously written books. Uh, is there a book right now in your head that uh, you're just thinking of, uh, or maybe you started already that that's coming yeah, up? I'm actually writing a new book right now called Your Monarch Moment. And the monarch moment is that moment of transformation that everyone will be given a monarch moment, but not everyone will take the moment. Mm. And so I want to go around in this book and help as many people as possible to enter into their monarch moment. That's the moment where you go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly. And when, if you'll go into that moment, when life is asking you to go into your cocoon, if you will go into that moment, you will be better for it. So this book is about life transformation. Mm, love it. And uh, Sergio, is there any last words you want to get out there? Yeah, you know what? I think if, if, if this was the last thing I was going to say to your listening audience, Billy, I would say this, is don't give up on yourself, even though others have given up on you. Um, and the other thing I would say is this, is be kind to yourself as you're being transformed. Because the truth is, you are being transformed. And the third thing I would say um, would be to this is find someone who you can help who is in a place where you were once in life. Mm. There is, there's, there's, there are people ahead of us. There are people beside us and there are people behind us. Never forget the people that aren't where you are. You'll find that you'll live a richer life if you'll help others uh, benefit from your life lessons and you'll always grow people beside you if you'll help people be behind you. And eventually you'll be honored by people that are beyond you. Mm, love it. Wow. Love it. Love it. Those of you who are listening, uh, again, make sure you follow Sergio, follow him and uh, Sergio, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at pastor Sergio DLM, or you can go to my website, sergiodelamora.com or you can get involved in our ministry called Monarch ministry.org. And of course we're on Facebook and you can connect with us, but love to connect with anyone that's interested in experiencing and learning more about their Monarch moment. Mm, let's go. Thank you for listening. Thank th again. Thank you, Sergio. This has been amazing. Uh, I can't wait to listen to it myself. Uh, there, there's so many great nugs in this episode. Uh, those of you who are listening, please screenshot wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, drop us a comment, let us know, and then a review. This has to be a 10-star review. Unfortunately, we can only go up to five. So if you truly believe that this was a five-star review show, please drop that now. Screenshot it and tag us, and we're going to reshare it wherever it is that you're listening to. With that being said, I'll see you guys on the next one. Vamonos! Your past trauma in the fire, watch it burn. Pick up a book, the more you learn, the more you earn. Self-development should be only concern. Meditate and practice patience till your turn. Think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better sow. Think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Spit some game, drop the mic after I spoke. So, so, sorry, Tupac, I don't have time to be rolling. I got goals to me, so please picture me growing. On my million dollar hustle. It, it is simple but not easy, had a struggle